I've got some great news. The FWZ Talk podcast is now available in its entirety. Every single episode, all 55 episodes as of now, is available to listen in full on audible.com as part of the Amazon family. And you know there's only one way that you can get audible.com. And that is going to audible.com and setting up your first 30-day free trial. Audible, the center of all things storytelling, audiobooks, original podcasts, and much, much more on the Audible app, which you can get on all major devices right now. And right now, you can get yourself a 30-day free trial of any book that you choose on audible.com. Being an Audible member is great. Every month, you are adding to your library, and you get those audiobooks forever. Everybody loves autobiographies, and people especially love autobiographies when they're read by the actual person. Audible has a wonderful selection of different types of things you can listen to from audiobooks, mystery, sci-fi, meditation, and other boy Mikey Troop would love some of that. Plus, Audible Originals you can get anywhere else right now if you go to audible.com. You can pick up your first audiobook free when you start your 30-day free trial, especially on there. There's many, many more wrestling books, many, many more autobiographies all over the place. Much, much more books. If you want to listen to these, you've got to go to one simple link. It's audible.com, A-U-D-I-B-L-E.com. The following is an FWZ Collection production. The FWZ Talk Podcast. FWZ Talk Podcast. FWZ Talk with the Jamco. The Jamco. I am talking to Con Black. Some people know him as Con Angles, some people know him as Billionaire Con. He is the head honcho at Extreme Wrestling Entertainment, XWE. It is a mixture of original characters and also real-life celebrities and wrestlers. And we're going to find out the way that he's able to get these real-life celebrities and real professional wrestlers to cut promos for the show in real time. It's an interesting conversation, and it's coming up right now. We're back for another edition of the podcast and another guest that we have here once again for many, 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 C-A-W League. So today we're going to be talking to a man responsible for XWE, that's the Extreme Wrestling Entertainment. Had an effort at one time, he's going to tell us about that a little later on. And this is going to be more of a different podcast because we're not necessarily dealing with just original characters. We're dealing with a lot of different ones from what we're going to go into in a few moments. And it just had its recent event, CWS slash XWE One Night Stand 2020. I'm going to put that in the link in the description of this podcast in a moment. But we're going to bring the Hyde Hunt Show on to have a good old discussion about XWE. His name is Con Black, billionaire Con. What's going on, baby? How you doing? Everything's going amazing. You know, we're we're definitely changing the scope of, of the car wrestling industry and I'm very honored to to be interviewed by by someone of your stature. You know, you I hear you have a great reputation in this in this uh, in this hobby. <laughs> yes, yes, some some, but never mind. So I want to say a little personal story for myself. So I, uh, you and I have a mutual friend, the Geddes man, Ray Geddes. He uh, posted yes. a show called XWE One Night Stand. I didn't know what it was, so I uh, hopped onto it and checked it out, and it was 
something that I that I wasn't actually aware of. And then when I went down the match card and I started seeing the names, we had a little bit of original characters. And we had some, uh, we had some obvious real uh, people in it as well. And then when I see the promos, I'm thinking to myself, "Man, now that's cool. That's different. I like that. Bringing uh, bringing the real people behind the the characters." And then uh, out of nowhere, about 20 minutes in, uh, bro, Vince Russo's kind of problem. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, where's this going? And uh, we get a little bit of Nick Aldis. We get a bit of Killer Cross. We get a little bit of Rob Van Dam. So we get a little, even a, I think it was the first thing I think I ever saw was the guy who I, who was on 13 Reasons Why on the Netflix TV show. And I can't actually remember what his name is, but he was uh, at the beginning of the show, like welcoming. And I was like, man, this guy's got it all. So let's talk about uh, the because the, there's, there's many different things to cover in this, especially because I'm, I'm going all over the place here. But let's go let's go back to the beginning. So we're going to start at the beginning, and XWE I I, I gather is going to be something that starts around about 2008. Correct, and that was the original XWE that was run by someone else who was affiliated who who worked with Smokey, you know, who's a veteran in the car wrestling industry, and yeah. Uh, I would definitely say that that version of XWE it did it did influence the one that you see today, which is run by me. Um, there is there is some connection there. It's not a big one. I, I can't say that we ripped off that XWE. We certainly didn't. What we did was we 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 rebranded the show that I was running back at the time, which was Extreme Car Wrestling, formerly uh, PlayStation Wrestling Entertainment. And I rebranded that to to become um, what you now know as XWE, and we, we do have we do have somewhat of a shared history with with them, but it's it's not blatant. We didn't rip everything off from them. We we certainly didn't copy the name from them, like what some will say in this community. What we what we did was we we rebranded to Extreme Wrestling Entertainment to to broaden it to make it appealable to people who watch other shows like anime, championship wrestling, and all those shows. We the goal was to definitely expand the show. Um, there was there was no intent to rip off the XWE that ran there, but there is some commonality there because they had Smokey, they had Hulk Hogan, they had a few characters that were on their show that you do see in the current XWE. And uh, there was some influence there, but really how it all began was I had a league. It was uh, PlayStation Wrestling Entertainment. Didn't last very long. It became Extreme Car Wrestling. And uh, XCW, when that began, was sometime in 2010 or 2011. I can't remember which year, but uh, precisely. I think it was 2010. Someone on YouTube, his name was Edmund Swish. He messaged me and uh, he says, um, hey, uh, this guy, Nate, he's uh, he's at war with everyone. Yeah, you need to do something. You start a colleague, compete with his, do whatever. Steal his talent, do whatever. So what I did was... And back then, I didn't know Nate very well. Who, who knew that two of the biggest rivals in Ka at the time would, would become two of the biggest allies? But uh, what happened was uh, he created the original concept for uh, XCW, a.k.a. Extreme Car Wrestling. And uh, what he did was he booked some of those early shows that we did. We had Necro Butcher feuding with Abyss and all that. And that was back when... We had cause do texted promos toward each other. The show wasn't that good back then. I'll be honest with you. Um, it was matches were uploaded in five minute increments, and <laughs> we did steal some cause at the time. I'll, I'll admit to that. You know, I, we haven't done it since, and I just I ask people for permissions for their cause nowadays. But 
it was it was a very green product back then and and really that was how it began was some guy messaged me and uh, we came up with the idea to compete with Nate at the time who was running a who was running CWS one of the main flagship shows he did was called Breakdown this is before he did Warzone but uh yeah Nate Nate is a very good guy you know he's been very influential with with stuff that I've done with my show um really you look at what he was doing with CWS and that's that he that definitely played a, a role with the creation of XCW and uh which eventually became XWE so one of the things that I thought when I saw that, and I'm only going by this this one night stand event because this was something that was introduced to me first, and then I went back and checked out some of the older stuff, and we'll get into the older stuff in a second. But okay, it strike strike me very much as an SMF feel type of show. SMF being a show that was something that I got into this whole stuff originally back when I was really young. And that was the first show that I was interested in, especially. Would you say that that's an influence that you have taken for your show? Definitely, definitely. We we definitely emulated a lot from SMF, you know, from the celebrities to the fantasy cause to the jobbers to uh, the real life cause. Mm. Yeah, it, even the, the stuff that we do with the backstage, people getting attacked, uh, the hardcore division, OJ Simpson winning the hardcore title. All of that was emulated in some way or form from SMF and, and other leagues that were similar to that. You know, uh, uh, there's uh, other shows... Uh, DWF, URWL, that definitely influenced XWE as well. But for the most part, we were influenced by that SMF era of car wrestling. We, I think we pretty much brought back that genre. When I look down the card in terms of, of, of these particular things, and again, we're going to kind of bounce around a little bit because we're, we're talking about different different breaks and things like that. So if we go back to 2008, you're doing your shows, you know, you're bringing some of the, the sort of new type of characters uh, as well as, you know, popular wrestling in particular. So especially, and again, I was around at that particular time, the main thing of that, and even now, is everybody loves to do the original characters. That's the big thing. That's what they like to do. Fair with them. So with someone such as yourself coming in with real wrestlers, personalities, and celebrities, some people would look at that and go, well, why are you doing that? You should be doing original uh, characters. Why is it that you decide to have that rather than a full circle of original characters? Well, because not, not every original character can get over. I mean, you need, you need someone who is a little established, who, who definitely has a name out there that can definitely uh, put over original characters who can definitely you know give them the rub uh give them that extra publicity um i didn't always use original characters i didn't always use fantasy characters but i think when i began i mainly used uh you know wrestlers that i had seen on tv at the time but you know you know times change you know um you look at the early work that i did and not all of it is on youtube believe it or not because i had an older youtube channel that uh, got closed down for whatever reason years back and uh, back then I did use more more celebrities on the show it was more similar to what SMF was doing but uh, now it's it's more more of a hybrid show we try to have everything for everyone on on the newer XWE shows but uh, that's my main answer as to why we didn't use a lot of uh, original cause uh, the thing is, Original cars are great, but it depends on how much detail you put in on your promos, how much effort you're given. And it can be a little bit gru grueling doing that very week in and week out and having that consistency. Mm. 
Well, I guess the main thing is the question that, that I think everybody is interested in as well is um, if we go through each individual, so you have a few episodes, you've got sort of a night of infamy, we've got fantasy made, Russo's Revenge, X Marks the Spot, Apocalypse, and we're getting through to 2016-ish and uh, that kind of era, because of course from, from what I can find, I, I know you've got the earlier uh, earlier stuff. There seems to be a little bit of breaks in between each particular one. So would that say that maybe just life or maybe just because of how much goes into your show with you know being able to get said celebrity or said person who is a, a an actual real person in life um, to get those people on, on the show? So have you had sort of many breaks because of having to put that all together or was it just a kind of burning out type of type of thing? It's both. It's both, you know, I'm not going to lie, I was burnt out a few times in, in between some of those time periods. Um, I think Nate will tell you the same thing, you know, we sometimes uh, uh, get all, we get so much taken care of and we put so much detail into our shows that it does become grueling after a while. And, and we have taken numerous breaks with mm. our shows. Um, it's, it's both, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie and say we have, I'm not going to lie and say that we haven't had issues with, with our shows sometimes because... We have in terms of uh, getting everything out there on time. It's it's not it's not an easy task getting everything in on time. You know, it's not mm. it's not like we're we're Vince McMahon. You know that we can get everything in a in a minute from our from the people who work for us. Just, no, you know, people actually have jobs and and they have their own schedules. And you know, you you can't get everything on time. Yeah. Yeah. One of the men, men, or one of the men, should I say, that was a voice I was surprised to hear on your show was Christian Gary. And I haven't actually heard Christian Gary do uh, much commentary on a show, so I was very surprised to have him on there, which I thought was a unique uh, perspective for you and him. How did you, uh, you meet Christian Gary? How did you originally have him on the show? I, I met Christian Gary through, uh, I think it was uh, either YWF or Car of Honor. It was one of those shows. I think it was Car of Honor. He had a run there. It didn't go too well. You know, people played politics behind his back and tried to make him look like he was really green. And he was green at the time. But, you know, people do have eagles in car and they are out to uh, uh, say stuff behind your back and, uh, you know, get you, keep you at the bottom of the card or see if they can break you. And that was the case with a lot of guys in car of honor. Uh, not everyone, you know, they know who they are. They, they, they definitely play politics here and there. And Christian Gary was just one of those guys who was affected by it. You know, he wasn't, he was kind of green at the time. I think even Christian Gary will tell you that, but you know, he's a smart guy. He does his, he does his research. He's, he's what I call the, the Mike Tanay of car wrestling. You know, he knows all these, all this insider stuff. He knows people's runs from other shows. You know, I can't keep up with all of that, but it's good to have someone who's, that knowledgeable on board mike tenaye what a what a comparison for uh, mr christian gary so when we move on a little bit we're going through the year about sort of 2016 2017 after okay. of course i can see you uh, switching the games that you, you know most people tend to do when, when the new games come out and, and switch over like that that must be kind of a little bit difficult on that side because if i if i recall from myself when i did uh, a few sort of characters that were, that were wrestlers or real you know, you get some guys who, if it's a WWE game, tend to get released, so they don't become a fixture in the game. So you've got to create them separately. So it becomes kind of interesting in a way because there's some guys you would expect to be in the game because when you had that last game, say someone like I know Hogan is in the game, so you can 
obviously use him because he's already uh, a pre-made character. But then when you go to the next game, you think, ah, Hogan's not in this one anymore. I've got to go make Hogan. So do you find almost catching yourself up on things that maybe aren't there, which you forget because of, you know, the real politics of wrestling and the WWE? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes, it goes back and forth. You know, you see Kurt Angle's debut in XWE when he fought Nate the Great. And that's, that's a long story in and of itself. But when he made his debut on Apocalypse in 2016 or 2015, I'm not sure which year it was, uh, I had to use a call that I made of Kurt Angle at the time because Community Creations was down for, for that game, I think. Right. And uh, we had to improvise, and, uh, you know, Angle, his attire was a little wonky on that show, but that's really because I created Angle on that show. And, uh, you know, I, I think the match came out all right. You know, it's just um, when it came down to Kurt Angle, and this was, I think this was on 2K14 or WWE 13. The thing with Kurt Angle was he was originally supposed to face Lester Barkley or Sonny at that show. Oh, really? At the time he went, he went by Lester Yuri, and I think Kurt did a promo on on Lester that day, and I had to I had to have Kurt redo his promo and have it have him do it on Nate because Lester got in trouble that same day. He he was outed as sending anonymous messages to people on Ask FM, harassing them, including me. You know, he tried he sent me some negative stuff on Ask FM as well. And he then got in trouble for uh, calling Cash's job. And yeah. that was what got him blacklisted from the community. But I had a long talk with him after that. And, you know, I, I forgave him. We've, we've definitely put it aside. Uh, you know, uh, people make mistakes. I hope that he's grown up from it. Um, I know p- people in the community have held that grudge against him for years, even though he's apologized for it. I'm not saying that what he did was good yeah. or was even ethical. But you know they make it seem like he killed somebody or that or that he molested someone with with the amount of blacklisting I've seen toward the guy saying if you employ this guy we're not going to work with you. I mean the fact of the matter is a lot of those people are were already having a rift with Cash personally as it is. You know mm. I mean I have no issue with Cash. He's a hardworking guy. You know he has his thing going on. It's just people pretend that things were peachy at the time. And, and uh, that's not the truth. Nope. You can ask them. That wasn't the truth. There was always, you know, ulterior motives going on. People who had heat with cash at the time behind closed doors. And, uh, you know, narratives are every narratives jump all over the place in college, just like with wrestling, you know, Um, but that's a subject for, for another day. I don't know too much about that situation, but that's just based on what I've gathered. Um, I wish Lester the best with what he's doing, and uh, I know that's going to tick off a lot of people. But you know, that's how I feel. I don't, I don't hold a grudge against the guy. Have you spoken since to guys like Cash, to guys like Lester? Do you know that? Well, apart from Cash, because I talked to Cash, but in terms of uh, guys like Lester, if if have you have you spoken to them? Spoken to them since? Sort of know what they're up to? Yeah, yeah. I've I've spoken to I've spoken to Lester a few times since then. Uh, he wanted to bring in a star from the CW to do a promo for a female character that he was doing. But, uh, you know, I told him, you know, it's not a guarantee you'll get these people to do promos because they have agents. They have they have companies that they work for that forbid them from from reprising some roles and non nonprofits. Uh, and there's a lot of technicalities there. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know Lester too well. And I don't. I certainly don't know Cash too well, but I did reach out to Cash a while back about maybe having some sort of involvement. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever went on with him and that other crowd, it's none of my business. Uh, you know, I'm sure Cash probably feels differently about me because, you know, we, we haven't always seen eye to eye on things, but uh, I have nothing against Cash. You know, I wish him the best and I hope that he's doing well. You know, um, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, people are, people just have different different views in this community. Absolutely. And before we uh, move on to a little bit more CWS, I'm going to take a little bit of a sidebar here. And I want to ask you, Mr. Kong, how much do you love the short-lived television series from 2000 called Titans? Uh, <laughs> 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 it's a uh, short-lived uh, soap opera. It was pretty solid, you know, a lot of, lot of twists and turns on that show. Um, uh, that was probably one of the last big roles that uh, that Casper Van Dien had of uh, Starship Troopers, and I just thought I'd I'd get more people interested in his work. I think he's an underrated actor. Um, I interviewed him recently, and you could check that out on the XWE channel. And uh, we go over some of his roles, and um, you know, just just to get people more more hooked on his work. You know, he's a very underrated actor. Well, I found it strange uh, that John Barham was in it. That's a weird. Uh... A weird, but then she uh, does have a few. Uh, I think he lives in the uh, US now. John Barrowman is like the famous uh, driver here. Was in Doctor Who and those kind of ones in the UK. So I found that. Yeah, very, yeah, he's he's a uh, he's a big he's a big actor. You know, he was he was also in Arrow as well. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that I, I didn't even realize that. I thought that was uh, strange. But anyway, I just did that to review. I, I really don't care about, about Titans, but you might be a fan of Titans. And if you are, then uh, you're allowed to be. Uh, let's look at no, no don't yeah, give speaking, me any Titans. Speaking here. of John Barrowman, there was there actually was an idea of bringing him into the XWE and having him be a part of One Night Stand. But I eventually changed my mind. Said, eh, let me bring in the let me bring in the guy from Supernatural and Thirteen Reasons Why, and and uh, I ended up bringing in Mark Pellegrino instead. But um, yeah. Uh, there actually was an idea to bring in John Barrowman at one point as as a celebrity guest on an XWE show. Yeah. So I want to get into uh, probably the part I'm most curious of in particular the show. So we see guys and gals who, of course, are real celebrities, real people, and you have them cut promos or they might have uh, – it might be a vague promo – it might be directly to whatever the, the the situation is. So I have a bit of a few theories, but of course you could do that. So in terms of each individual, how do you get them to uh, basically cut a promo for whatever story you have? And how do you originally get in touch with them? There's different ways. There are different ways. Um, I used to message them through a service called CelebVM. Before there was Cameo, there was a website called CelebVM, Celeb Video Messages. And I would give them all the details beforehand. I would say, hey, this is for a nonprofit colleague. And they don't know what a colleague is. I just tell them it's a video game-related wrestling yeah. project. And from the get-go, they know that that's what it is. It's not anything more than that. Yeah. Uh, I've certainly emailed some of them and given them details beforehand. And um, they'll actually do it, you know. it's Not too many people objected to it. Some, some I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, a lot of them are easy to work with and, you know, it's, it's nice to give them all the details and they'll give you a number and, you know, sky's the limit, you know, some of them charge a lot of money, you know, Jeff Jarrett wanted a little over $200. Uh, wow. there was a plan to bring in Colby Covington. He wanted $500. That was a little too much. We just couldn't come to a deal there, but, um, uh, 
you know, there, there were a lot of names left and right, some controversial, some not controversial that I tried bringing to the show, including e-celebs like Tommy Sotomayor. There was a plan to have him on the show as a character and have him reprise his feud with Tariq Nasheed. And uh, those two did have a feud on, on the show. They did have a match. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things. Mm. There's people from all over the spectrum of entertainment and and uh, punditry and commentary that, I, that I've wanted to have on the show, you know. There's this other guy, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with everything that he puts out, but, you know, there's this controversial um, political pundit. His name is uh, the Ralph Retort, and there was a plan for him to be involved with the show at one point. You know, Ethan Ralph was supposed to be involved with XWE at one point many years back, but not anymore. You know, those talks died down. Uh, there are so many other commentators that I had reached out to about being involved in some way, shape, or form. But, you know, it just didn't go through because, you know, uh, cost is everything and time is everything. You know, Jason Sensation was supposed to be involved with XWE, but we couldn't get that to happen because we just, we couldn't come up with a good time frame and we couldn't come up with a good number, you know. But really, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of names, some controversial, some not controversial, that were supposed to be involved with the show at one point or another. So I've got many different questions on this because I generally find this fascinating. So first and foremost, obviously you pay them to uh, give you a, some sort of uh, voice recording, video recording, almost a script. Do they charge you per how many words or do they charge you by the time? It goes both ways. Uh, sometimes it's just a, a flat charge. Sometimes they do charge me a little more depending on how much I uh, write beforehand to them. Um, Sometimes they'll do it for free. There is this one wrestler that works for XWE, this real-life wrestler. I won't say who it is because I don't want to give away, you know, right, right. something that something that, I, that I've that uh, i gotten for free. But, yeah, this guy does it for free for me. I just give him an outline, some bullet points, some, a little bit of a script that he can change here and there. And he does the promos for me. So not not every celebrity or wrestler will, will charge for a promo, but most of them do. So, of course, when you go to wrestlers, they're obviously going to get the idea of cut a promo simple for a video game. Some who probably don't because they may not be in wrestling or they might know of that wrestling. So I'm guessing wrestlers are easier to work with than, say, your average uh, actor, right? Or actress. Hey, it goes both ways because not every wrestler is easy to deal with. Um, right. You know, what I mean by that is, you know, Wrestlers like us, like they like to have a certain idea that is good, that that sounds good to them. You know, Jeff Jarrett did not want me to have, did not want me to job him if job him out if I was to bring him in on his first match. You know, he's a name. He's like I'm Jeff Jarrett. You know, whoa, gotta, whoa, 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 gotta make him wait a minute. Wait gotta minute. make him look good. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. I'm serious. Jeff Jarrett wanted. He wanted the booking to sound good beforehand, before before actually doing something with him. Uh, that's, that's on that's the how video game. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, he would he he wanted. wanted number. So he, he wanted a good number for it. It wasn't a bad number, but we went on to other other things. But yeah, Jared, he wanted to make sure that the idea was good beforehand because I actually went over the booking with him, and I'm I'm oh actually I'll, I'll spoil this because this was so many years ago. The idea was to have him feud with Nate and Reg Tiller in the main event. And um, the goal was to make him look strong. You know, I, either way, he was going to he was, he was gonna win in his debut match. But 
at first he didn't care for the idea of, you know, jobbing to Reggie Tiller. And I'll be honest with you, he's not the only wrestler to say no to that because uh, I, when when House of Hardcore was a thing, uh, you know, Kenny Dykstra was cutting raunchier promos. I wanted him. To, I wanted to bring him in and and have the Spirit Squad feud with Reggie Mania, and he did not like the idea of jobbing to Reggie Tiller. Oh, when I messaged God. him the the when I messaged him uh, the outline of how everything would go in an email and and. Nothing came out of that, but yeah, wrestlers. So wrestlers just, part- I'm going to stop you there for a second. Very particular about how they're booked. Well, that's Probably what I—that's what I want to ask with this. So, really, in my head, this isn't really to do with the money as such. It's to do with their creative control on a fucking video game. Yep, and it's the oh same thing God. with actual car wrestling people. You know, people, everyone wants to be booked a certain way. You know, it's just like in real wrestling. You know, it's it's very similar to that. actually. Even though a lot of actors, you know, six six out of ten times will probably say will probably say no to an idea, they're at least open to to. Why uh, do they give a shit? Getting, they're getting paid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've known wrestlers who are easier. No, no, no. I've known actors who are easier to deal with than actual wrestlers because you know they're being paid and really it's just it's just another paycheck for them. But with wrestlers, they're they're more particular. For instance, Nick Aldis. If I was to have Nick Aldis feud with someone, uh, I, I don't know, just put out a name out there, Ray Geddes. And if I was to have Ray Geddes cut a promo saying, after I'm gonna win this match, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, spend some time with your with your wife, you know, Mickey James. I know that won't go over well with Nick Aldis because you know he's he's a very sensitive guy. You know, he's not someone who will take that kind of storyline. You know, who will. Um, entertain that idea you know a lot of wrestlers are marked for the are oh marks my for God. themselves in this industry i'm sorry they really I'm, I'm, are i'm laughing at the fact of like jeff jarrett when doesn't want to go over i was like that's so jeff jarrett isn't it jesus Christ. i like jeff jarrett he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time but that's the truth he did not want reggie tiller to go over him i i feel that something needs to be said here and maybe i'm just too and to be honest with shocked. you i sort of agree with jeff jarrett i would have i probably would have had him go over reggie tiller too but Really, the why that fell through was he brought up a number. It wasn't a high number. It's just I wasn't willing to pay that amount. And as a result, that fell through. And I think even J-Crack will tell you that because he was the head booker with XWE at the time that I tried bringing Jeff Jarrett in. And Jarrett wasn't the only person in at the time that, that I was supposed to bring in. That If he didn't do it, the plan was to bring in Raven. But Raven ended up, bringing, ended up upping his price and... Raven is Raven. Uh, he's a good guy. He's just very greedy. That is truly fascinating. I, I find that really, uh, really fascinating. You know, people they say in, in CW, of course, you know their ego and all that stuff. But it's it's kind of free, so you know there's some there's some moving room there. But if I'm a wrestler, you pay me two hundred dollars. I say thank you. There's my two hundred dollars. I'll say whatever you want. Goodbye now. But but the fact that even something like that, that people. For the the wrestling who would get wrapped up in something like this, I find that even more interesting because they should know better. Because booking, Jay always always used to say about you know, there's only uh, two things that wrestlers are unhappy with when it comes to uh, professional wrestlers: it's the two C's, cash and creative, right? There's yep. there's room for that in real professional wrestling, WWE, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, right? Because really yep. it's money, but at the same time. You know that that could be said in that whole bundle of being paid and main event spots and storylines, promos, all that kind of stuff. 
at, but I just find it fascinating that an actual real life wrestler would get wrapped up the way they would look on a fucking video game. Like that, that just that's baffling to me. That really is. It is. It is. Uh, it's more hilarious than anything else. You know, uh, even Shane Douglas, I had to message him everything beforehand with how he was being booked, but he wasn't as hard to deal with. Shane was okay. He was okay with putting over Nate in the first match that that he and Nate did together. Uh, he was probably the first real life person to show up in in next WE as far as wrestlers go. Um, well, see, here's the thing, right? So let's say, for example. Well, I better be careful because they're going to watch this. No, what they're going to do, they're going to take their money, they're going to get egotistical, and then they're going to piss off and they're never going to watch it. So I think to myself, where do you get off with uh, with bargaining power? You know, people people are expendable. You know, it is what it is. Um, just, you know, people are just marks in general. You know, there's uh, well, there's this one wrestler, I won't, I won't say his name, but, you know, he was... He was Somewhat a big part of XWE's history, and uh, he was someone I tried bringing in to do a promo countless times, and and he he almost did do one for us, but he has a grudge against me for whatever reason because I I'm on good terms with this one uh, wrestling writer who has issues with him, you know, and it, it is one of, it's one, it's weird things, just like in co- the co- community, wrestlers do hold grudges as well, but. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't bother me as much because, well, you know, people are expendable. I could have somebody else play that role. Uh, Vince Russo was a part of XWE. He was almost a full-time character at one point. If you look well, at I want you, I want you to stop. I want to stop you with the Vince Russo thing. So I want to come to that in just a few few moments. I want to circle back to this uh, this idea here. And, and the reason I want to surround this is, for, from what you're telling me here, it's the idea of us fans, the marks that take everything seriously and get wrapped up in this and get wrapped up in that in terms of real-life professional wrestling, right? Yeah, we could be, uh, people could be guilty of that. But the, same, but the same people who are in the real-life wrestling, who are playing wrestler, are the ones getting wrapped up in what we do, which is a video game, for money that they're already going to receive anyway, is partly egotistical to be afraid of how they come across on, on this. And I think, man, if, if this bothers you, you know what the hell bothers you on tv and you know that's not me saying that but like you just said about a guy didn't like you because you liked another wrestler he didn't like and i'm like well come on you got heat brother you got heat in the locker room brother and that's very very interesting you know and and, and that is something i would never have uh of, of suspected but there you go that's the rest of this isn't it yeah there's there's yeah, there's there's egos everywhere. People just want to be presented a certain way, and I don't blame them. You know, it's not like I was gonna bury these people, but you know, it's people have preferences on how they want to be booked, and sometimes that doesn't always go over well with with me. You know, uh, I like Smokey. You know, I think he's a good talent. He should be in a lot of Call Hall of Fames, uh, but isn't. But you know, he and I we had a disagreement, and it was mainly because. The way he did things was different from how people in XWE were doing things, and it just wasn't a, it just wasn't a match. And I'll admit, I did go into business for myself, and I, I did fire him um, after his short run there. But it's not like we completely made him look bad on his final match there. He actually had a really good match with Ray Geddes in his final match with XWE, and we made sure he looked dominant. and And he he was it was a good loss that he had against Ray. It wasn't. It was, it's not like we completely buried him, but, uh, you know, people 
people operate differently in real life and in wrestling, and it doesn't always go well with with the locker room. So I've got a couple of few more a uh, few more points about this whole uh, cameo service and, and things like that you do. So you may or may not tell me. You don't necessarily have to tell me the person if you can, if you can't. Who is the person you have paid the most money to? Um, there's there's two answers for that, but as far as wrestling personalities, I'd probably have to say uh, Vince Russo. He mm-hmm. actually had a, a decent run with us. It wasn't a full-time run, but it definitely wasn't a part-time run. He was an antagonist on the show. In season two, we had him um, manage Smokey and uh, Jabari <laughs> Nito, and uh, I think he did a good job at getting those guys over with his promo work. You know, he's a very divisive figure in wrestling, and... Uh, you know, controversy creates cash, and I think that Russo definitely delivered. I'm not sure if Russo thinks highly of XWE since I've never seen him mention it on his on his show, The Brand. It's probably because we've, we've taken a few jabs at him here and there on the show, but we don't really mean it. And if, I hope that Vince Russo does listen to this down the line. He probably won't. You know, he's, he's in his bubble. But I wish him the best with what he's doing. You know, he's a very he's – a, he's a funny guy, you know. Uh, I, I can't say that I agree with every decision he's made booking-wise, but – He's de- he was definitely a fun character that I've seen in in late WCW, and that's what gave me the idea to have him as an antagonist in XWE. Maybe I'm a, uh, a stock businessman, as they say, but you know, for, for for what you're telling me, you know, I wouldn't really care. You know, you say for that one person was two hundred dollars, right? Roughly where I live is about one hundred fifty quid. If you said to me, okay. I'm going to pay you 150 quid to put you in my video game wrestling show, and I'm going to job you out every single week, I'd say, yes, sir, thank you, sir, I'll have some more, please. You can do whatever the hell you want me if you're going to pay me 150 quid. Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, one guy who was, wasn't who wasn't really cheap, but wasn't expensive either, his name was Matt, his name is Matt Cross, uh, I won't get oh, into yeah. how much I paid him, but he was awesome with the promo that he did for us. The problem with the show that he was on that that I had him show up on was I had Vaughn Hollywood do commentary, and Vaughn did an excellent job. Uh, watch him on Color Wrestling Society, support his his uh, his songs. You know, he he's he's an artist. He goes by the name Alpo. He's a good guy, you know. But he did a he did commentary for us that show, and it got screwed up because I left my microphone on, and there was a lot of static there, and. You watch that show and the commentary is excellent, but you wouldn't know it was due to the feedback from from my from my right. uh, microphone that I left plugged in. But Matt Cross did awesome on that show, and he's someone that I definitely should have brought back down the line. I probably will every eventually in the future, maybe maybe not. But you know that guy was a complete pro, and he's definitely someone that I would like to bring in who who was very cooperative with the uh, with the ideas I sent him. You know he's. He's a good guy, you know. Very uh, one of very underrated talent. Check out his work with Lucha Underground. He was son of Havoc there. Uh, he's performed in a lot of indies. He was on Tough Enough. Uh, uh, very very versatile performer. Well, before we, because uh, I could I could have a conversation about this whole thing all day long, but we've got to move on. But before we do, uh, last little thing: what are you going to do now with the fact that, of course, WWE with their recent, you know, uh, banning all third party policies, all that kind of stuff, and you know, possibly if they end up opening their own, does that uh, restrict you with any guys you've got on uh, WWE? It did. It did. Um, I'm pretty sure they may have caught wind that I had carrying Cross for at the time he was known as Killer Cross. Uh, do a promo for me. I'm pretty sure they know about all of that, and I don't mean to sound egotistical or toot my own horn, but I definitely think that WWE, to some degree, knows about 
Pakai and, and having wrestlers contribute because XVPW did that too. They had Tommaso Ciampa do a shout out for their show. Um, you know, I think they caught wind of that and they don't want people doing stuff that is more over than what WWE is doing. You look at WWE's product, hardly any of it is over. Aside from the good stuff that they've done with the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton, two of the best storylines I've seen in WWE today, a lot of that gets... A lot of that can sometimes get overshadowed by the lackluster stuff that you see on Raw and SmackDown on a weekly basis. And I think that McMahon is a control freak to that degree, and he doesn't want people doing stuff that is more over outside of WWE that is bigger than his brand. You know, you look at stuff that he's done in the past, you know, he stifled uh, Zack Ryder's YouTube show because, you know, Ryder was very popular, and you're not allowed to be above the WWE bubble if you if you work for Vince, you know. He, he controls every aspect of what you do, what income you make. Like when he took away uh, Paige's Twitch and all that, you know, McMahon is, he's a visionary, but again, you know, the guy's very controlling. He's not, he's not a lax boss, like, like, like say a Paul Heyman or, or, or something of that caliber. Let's talk about Vince Russo. He is someone that has been quite a staple in your show. And because I've seen him do many, many promos from you, which you've obviously, you know, got him to do through, through the, the service uh, more than once on one show. Surely now he knows who you are and almost what the stories are in your show, right? I'm sure he does. You know, I messaged him all the details beforehand. I'm just surprised that he hasn't really mentioned this at length on, on his on his podcast. Um, but, you know, the guy's all, all over the place with his podcast. He'll go from one subject to the other. You know, he's he's a good guy. You know, I think he's very misunderstood in the wrestling business. Um do I agree with all of his philosophy? Probably not, but you know, I've he's definitely been a big influence on the show, and you know, I've I've said I've said some things here and there that were a little negative of the guy, but I don't mean it. You know, it's just everyone likes to have clout, including me, and sometimes I, I, I will try to bring attention to the show in some way, form or another. But you know, he, he has he has a successful podcast going on with the Realm Network, and. Uh, he was he was awesome. The times that I've dealt with him in XWE always gives his full effort with the promos, and you know he was a fun he was a fun antagonist uh, heel character to have on the show, and you know we, we we got a lot of good heat for it, you know, and um, we we incorporate a lot of his signatures such as swerves, cliffhangers, and all that to give it that late nineties uh, WWF type vibe. Well, that is certainly interesting for it. And, you know, I can imagine over that time that you have almost spent a lot of money with these uh, particular guys that you've, that you've used. Will you continue to uh, use that service, continue to, to get more people in who are, you know, maybe new real guys you're going to put in there or all the same guys? Yeah, it varies. It varies. There's, I don't always stick to the same people, but. You won't see as many cameos this time around with XWE because I want to bring it. I want to build it up from the ground up, and we have a lot of good infrastructure. We recently signed Stefan Guerrero, who, who is the last Car of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, and uh, we've definitely uh, we've definitely uh, had um, we've definitely uh, taken things to the next level with what we're currently doing. Uh, you know. Um, there's some stuff that I would love to do, but I can't do for some reasons with, with some of the talent, you know, there's, there's just like with wrestling, you know, there's stuff that you can do and the stuff that you can't do, there's stuff that you would like to do, but you can't because it'll just ruffle a lot of feathers. But 
we have a good infrastructure. We have a lot of good names on there. You know, Nathan, Nathan Vale, he's a great talent. Uh, he's running BWA. Check that out. Um, you know, we have NTG with CWS. Check out his show. You know, we're, we're definitely formed an alliance. And um, it's it's pretty awesome what we have going. You know, I, I don't think that we've had a better run. Let's talk about uh, you. What was the uh, kind of first type of shows you saw on the on the interwebs of this old thing we call CAW? Uh, that was years back. I'm not sure if it was YouTube or a Google video, but um, uh, there were different shows, No DQ, uh, SMF. There were a few other ones too. This was around 07, maybe 05 or 06. I don't recall. Um, I don't know if it was Google Video or YouTube at the time, but uh, it was it was far back. Uh, I don't know which league it was precisely that got me into this, but I want to say it was a combination of, you know, NodeQ, Ska, uh, SMF that really got me inspired to get a PlayStation 2 and uh, record stuff on tape and then move on to the PlayStation 3 and PS4, PS... I don't know if we'll do stuff on the PS5, but... Oh, God. Never say never, never say never, you know, it's it's like an addiction. You you get a high off of it and just want to top the, your, the show that you just did with the next show, you know, it's it's a weird hobby, you know, that you just want to keep on adding to, you know, to make better and, you know, as, as, as life goes on, you know, you, there's there's always room for improvement. Well, you're right about that, especially with uh, with many things we're all uh, looking to improve. However, with the shows that are around now and kind of you being around, especially 10 years-ish now, 11, 12, on and off, whatever, what do you think of CAW now? What about some of the shows that are around, the ones that are especially more original character based? What do you think about those kind of ones? More power to them. They're doing their own thing and we're doing everything, you know, it's not always easy to do a lot of original cause, you know, especially since I've seen people emulate, you know, the more uh, serious type of wrestling out there. You know, I've seen people emulate MLW. I've seen people emulate um, World of Sport with Kong, you know, it's, it's, it's very diverse. You know, I think that there's more colleagues today than there was back then. You know, it's just like a professional wrestling. You see all these different leagues popping up and it's hard to keep up with just one. Mm. Um but just like with professional wrestling, there is a little bit of oversaturation and uh, the, the views certainly aren't as high as they used to be. Look at Cobb back then. It was easy to mm. get over a couple hundred within a few days for a show. Now you're you're lucky enough to even get a hundred within a week. You know, it's, it's, uh, I, I can't say that it's, a, a, I would love to say that it's a boom period for Cobb. And to some extent it is creatively, but in terms of interest, I wouldn't say that it's a boom period, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird thing to describe because COD back then certainly had more eyes on it, at least from what I've seen. Um, but again, people are putting more effort now and there's not much interest. And that's mainly because nobody's interested in TV wrestling these days. You know, viewership isn't yeah. what it was. COVID really messed up a lot of things. Nobody wants to see a show where there's just an empty, was just a ring and two guys or three guys or four guys performing and there's not much of a crowd involved, you know? It, it definitely takes away from the presentation. Real wrestling, of course, is is, is suffering with what you just said in, in no audiences. The audience will always make a show regardless of, of what side of the fence that you're on. That's definitely yeah. difficult. Of course, you've got to go 
you know, where are you gonna we gotta go anyway. But in in terms of, of CAW, I think that's something you've got you've got more of a uh more of a control over and you say about you know is it what it used to be with the views and things like that would you put that down to possibly not the characters stories presentation because if you think about it you know more and more people want to get into the presentation they want to make it better they want to use highlight reel they want to do more ideas they want to get out there but i guess in a way from something that i saw when i came back is there are certain individuals where if i see you on one show I can see you on another show. So you being on, you know, 10, 11 shows, you may be in different kind of storylines, but I've kind of seen you once. I've seen you, you know, many times over already. And that may be because they're in their, their groups. And so, of course, they're all going to share each other because they're, you know, they're friends. And that makes sense. But again, if I see the same 10 guys on one show and then the same 10 guys again, it's kind of almost this weird the sharing this kind of talent share where everyone is kind of doing the same thing and that's what kind of doesn't make it uh, a differentiation between your show and the other show that has the same characters it becomes similar with each other correct you know but you know that's with a lot of communities and call a lot of them do share cause with other shows and sometimes it does lead to oversaturation and i agree with you on that front um you know, you look at CCL, a lot of their guys show up on the same shows that they're affiliated with. You look at uh, AWF, they're always doing stuff with DZW. And, you know, it, it, it can be overwhelming at times because, you know, you look at stuff like Call All-Stars and, you know, they book a lot of the same guys on their shows, you know, every every year. You can look at the Call All-Stars show from 2011 and and uh, it's not too different from what they're currently doing, you know, with, with in terms of the guys that they have. There's always that that same core group over and over. And I'm trying to make sure that that doesn't happen with this run in XWE this time around. Sure. There's a shared universe where we have an alliance with CWS, GSF and um, BWA. We're top rank. It's a very strategic alliance, but we still have that individuality with our shows. We're not going to, you know, shove everything down people's throats, like, you know, with other alliances that are out there. And there's a lot of different alliances in Kai and, a lot of it is very shoehorned, and we're not we're not going to do that. We're still going to be very original, and we're still going to maintain uh, that consistency that we've had with our own weekly shows. So what would you say, in a way, then, for even a person starting off, or even one now, how they could differentiate themselves from other people's? Maybe they're getting low views. Maybe they feel they're at a turning point where they're kind of stuck and thinking, man, I'm, I'm putting out shows, and I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere with it. What would you say that they need to do? to maybe stick out a little bit more well you know it doesn't hurt to take a few creative risks here and there uh not saying that i approve of every risk that i've done but um you know just do something that is a little out there you know have a new character have someone who's you know based on the fiend Bray wyatt you know have uh have a busty chick you know as your female champion you know there's little things here and there to stick out you know that'll that'll make um people be interested in the show you know change up a character or two change up the dialogue you know it's there's so many different ways to make a show stand out it's not a guarantee that the show will get good views um i can say for a fact that the recent xwe shows i've done haven't exactly been uh up to par except for one night stand in terms of viewership but we're definitely changing things up and we're definitely you know seeing what sticks seeing what works seeing what doesn't work you know it's 
it's an experiment. It's not it's not always a guarantee that you're going to get good viewers or or reach a good audience, especially since there's uh, who knows how many car shows out there right now. With that being said, when you maybe take small breaks and, and come back and do your shows, because you may have had a, a brief day, break where you may feel that people have forgotten about you or maybe uh, they've, you know, not, not, you know, other shows that have decided to join because of the, the gap in yeah. your, uh, your your show to come back. Have you ever come back to maybe some original characters and said, you know, hey, I'm, I'm coming back, I'm going to do this story? Have you ever had many of them that have said, you know, man, I've, I've joined all these other shows, I'm not really interested anymore, you know? And so of course. Becomes, so it becomes kind of, of difficult course. to get them back into... Of course, you know, that the whole idea behind One Night Stand was we are going to bring back a lot of the old guard, but... Most people have moved on. Some of them have held grudges here and there. You know, it's right, right, right. for whatever reason, you know, I, and I'm not going to impose my will on them. And they, they feel however they want to feel. You know, it's either they're doing their own thing with some other shows or they're completely done with car or they have a wife and kid now or whatever. And um, it, There's a lot of different factors there. And you can't always get everyone to come back. And I learned that with One Night Stand. I had to pat things out, think, okay, how can I make this stand out more? Okay, I'll get a celebrity to do a promo. I'll get this wrestler to do a promo. I'll get Darby Allen. You know, he's doing pretty, he's doing excellent in AEW. I know he's had a hell of a run. He's the, mm. he's the TNT champion, you know, let, let me have him do a promo. And um, I didn't know he was going to win the TNT title back then, but, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I think that was a good move, having him come in and having him uh, having him have a, have a stellar match with J-Crack, you know, and you know, we, we made them both look good on that. You know, Jay Crack and I had heat before then, but I had a talk with Jay Crack. I said, hey, you know, sure, we've had our issues, but, you know, let's do this for the fans. Let's uh, make this look good. And he agreed to it, and, and he and Darby had a good match on the show. You know, it's sometimes you got to compromise to make to make things mm. work. You know, it, it may not always be easy, but, you know, you got to put aside your own, your own pride and ego in order to make things happen. Absolutely, and sometimes it may not necessarily be people you're trying to get back who hold grudges for you specifically. Yeah, it might be one of yeah. the friends that holds a grudge to you specifically. So they're almost trying to, uh, what's the word I want to use? Uh, keep the peace from their own little group or their own little friends because they don't want to, you know, juggle this side and that side. It's kind of well, I've got to pick a side because yeah, it's, it's you know, there's there's always this weird clickish vibe and cause and cause. You know, you have all these different factions behind the scenes who feud with each other and saying, you know, I don't want you working for this dude or whatever because he has to eat with us. You know, it's it's weird things. I'm not I'm not gonna say any names, but you know, there's this one individual who's who is tight with um the Sean Walsh crowd and uh I tried bring him in a while back and you know he basically told me in a very nice way to piss off and you know it is what it is. But uh I don't. I don't really hold any grudge to you know the AJ Young, Sean Walsh crowd. But I never got the vibe that they particularly liked me or my style of call. Um, I know that every time that I was involved with CWS back when AJ Young was a partner there, every time I was there and AJ Young was whatever the vice president or what have you with CWS, I never lasted there. I don't think AJ Young particularly liked me uh, back when I was with CWS. And uh, I still don't think that AJ Young likes me because I've, I've branched out to him numerous times about, you know, maybe, you know, adding him or, you know, um, having some involvement with XW, but it never ended well any, any of the times that I tried contacting him for whatever reason. Uh, but 
you know, I think that XWE's recent shows have been a whole lot better than AWF and DZW in terms of seeing what we can do differently because they're, you know, they do shows and they're very formulaic, you know, you, you see it one week and then you see the next mm. week, you know, there's, they do things, you know, very formulaically, you know, it's, it's like with, uh, and I don't mean to throw them under the bus, but with Call of Honor, you know, back when they were active, they would do a show every week, every weekend. Yeah. And sometimes you could tell that that weighed, weighed the product down in terms of what COH was capable of. Um, I think that's, I think that's that's a situation where, where, and again, I don't know the ins and outs, but I think that's someone who isn't tired and is just putting a product out for the sake of a product, which you could look at it and see that. I think that's correct, correct. P- putting people putting pressure on myself to do it when I don't want to, when I should really just tap out and say, you know what, F you, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, he, he, you know, not he making that decision, but others making the decision for him, which is kind of a manipulation thing, but that's the topic that I will uh, discuss on a later podcast coming down the road. But um, yeah, wonderful people. Anyway, before we wrap up down the uh, the road here, one thing I want to ask you is, so the, the show I was alluding to right at the beginning was the uh, CWS XWE One Night Stand. So did you have original plans to just do one show and then go away? And then, of course, maybe you had a great response and then decided to do a weekly show. Where does that stand now? How does, how does that sort of go about it? It's a bit of both. I wanted to leave it at One Night Stand and the thunder that happened afterward. I, I really wanted to stay retired after I did that. Um, you know, you look at that show and you're like, how can you top that? You know, you look at all the other crossover shows that YWF did with COH. We topped that. You look at all the crossover done in call period, Virtual Wrestling United, uh, Call Stars. We topped all of that. We definitely put out a better crossover than, than, than all those guys. And I'll say that with a straight face, you know, more power to them. I'm happy that, that they were able to get some exposure, but we really took risks with that crossover and, Will there be a one night stand too? Uh, everybody wants me to do it. I probably won't because, well, that that really ate my wallet up. But um, <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome for what it was. I would love to keep it as just one one night stand. But everybody tells me you need to do a one night stand too. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But you know, there was a really good incentive by uh, Vaughn, uh, Nate, and um, and. Um, Nathan Vale, you know, they all messaged me. They said, like, we got to keep this rolling. Mm. And I, I was I was flattered, you know. I was very inspired to continue the show. And they, thanks to them, you know, I now have the kick and I now have the the grind to, to, to do XWE shows again. Not not weekly as in, okay, I'm going to do show every week. No, I mean, what I mean by that is I am going to be more consistent and maybe put more shows out there between now and, you know, 2021, 2022, depending on how much longevity I get out of this. And, um, but I can definitely say with a straight face that this is probably my last run in car. Um, that's what they all say, buddy. And then they get lured back in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm like the undertaker. I, I've, (laughs) I've had who knows how many last runs in this, in this, um, in this, in this hobby. I won't call it, I won't call it an industry. It's not an industry. It's a hobby, but, uh, you know, I definitely feel like the Undertaker. I, I, I just want to keep topping myself somehow, and I don't know when I'm going to be finished with it. I, I would like to be finished with XWE in a year, maybe two years from now, but you never know. I'm probably going to get incentive to come out of retirement and again and again. You know, I'm very under. I'm, I'm like the Undertaker. You know, I, uh, you thought he was done after his match with Roman Reigns, but no, they brought him back, and 
then he had the boneyard match. That's 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 where I'm at with Carr right now. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I would love to call it a career every now and then. And believe me, I've had thoughts about retiring here and there, but you know, everybody's like, you need to keep this going, and I, I've been inspired by it. You know, uh, I, I can't let it die down sometimes, and you know, it, it's it's a very you know, can you top this aspect with me because. I am a bit of a perfectionist, and I would like to end on a high note with with Kai. And I'm sure Nate feels the same way because you know he's putting out one of one of the one of his best products in recent years with CWS, and that guy's put out a hell of a show. He's he's gotten better with the editing, and he's he's had a hell of a run. Make sure you support Car Wrestling Society. Subscribe to CWS forever. Um, he feels the same way. There are times where he wants he wants to continue this. There are times where he's like. I'm not sure if I could do this. And I'm, I'm the same way. You know, we've both had the same amount of hiatuses with, with our shows and we're both very detail oriented. Mm. You know, we're, we're both, Nate and I, we're both on that Undertaker type run. We, we don't know when the end is going gonna, is gonna to come, but we're, we're fully committed to putting out the best show that we possibly can with CWS and XWE. And, and we definitely complement each other off of that. You know, we, funny thing is we weren't always, friends and cop but you know later on we we found a lot of commonality with the shows that we were doing and you know he's been a very good ally to xwe he's been very supportive he's been very um he's been he's done excellent as as our top guy he's contributed promos on time he is committed he's dedicated i don't know how anyone in this community could have have beef with him you know he had a great run at call of honor and many other shows and you know his his work it speaks for itself Everyone will find a beef, my friend. Doesn't matter what it is, they'll find it if they want it. But enough of the beef. Let's talk about you. So we're going to head on down the road here, and I've got to tell you that from from watching these shows, anyway, I'm watching the one night stand and the others. Ah, oh, I can't speak for everyone because I uh, don't speak for the masses, but I can only speak for myself in that I very much enjoy what you do, and you very much bring the fun back into the shows. Which sometimes we can get wrapped up in trying to make it the most present you know, present whatever great visual presentation, you know, Scorsese movie, you know, whatever you want to want to do it. And I'm guilty of that trying to make it uh, like that. But, you know, sometimes we need to go remember, remember why we do this in the first place. It's fun, you know, be, get our creative juices flowing, uh, have some fun, have some good time with some characters and some, some uh, silly stories. So you do bring that fun back, which is a great thing to, to have. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I agree. You know, it's like making a film these days when you do COD. It's not the same like yeah. back in the day, you know, uh, filming the same crowd shots over and over and then filming a match and a match. You know, there's, there's more work that goes into it these days. Yeah. Um, just doing, you know, the the intro, the opening credits, the, the end, the, the hook, you know, it's it's not easy to do, but, you know, it's, it's very fun to formulate and write all that down. It's actually doing it. That's that's the hard part. Especially if you have a computer that's not very fast. Oh, I hear you. Especially with not enough RAM, not enough GPU, yeah. all this nonsense and all this uh, fast stuff that would probably take you about uh, nine years to, uh, to to render just like about one minute. But the wonders of technology, huh? So let's yeah. go home now. We're going to be heading to our famous Q&A. Everyone loves a bit of Q&A as well. Famous, baby, all over the world from here to Singapore. Here's the deal. I went a little bit Joe Biden. Then. Here's the deal. So here is the deal. I'm going to ask you two questions that I ask every single person on this show, and then I'm going to give you three specific life questions that you will answer as well. Are you ready? Yeah. Con, who is the most overrated CAW? Most overrated CAW? Um, <laughs> um, I'll have to think about that. Um, 
Um, again, you know, I, I have to think about that. You know, it's, it, it, there's people I've, I've had heat within the community, but I, I, I wouldn't, I don't want to um, really, really throw somebody under the bridge, even though I, I probably have on this podcast. Um, um, well, I can't, I can't, I can't say EPW. I, the only, only thing I like, I love EPW, but I consider them cheaters because they mod their shows. Um, most overrated CAW. Um, Get them every time, baby. Um, probably. Uh, I'm probably gonna get heat for this, but DZW. <laughs> there it is. AJ Young, AJ Young. I'm taking over the East Coast. We're moving XW to the East Coast, and we're gonna put you guys out of business. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. He's burning him. He's burning him. With that, on the flip side, who is the most underrated CAW? Most underrated CAW is BWA. I think Nathan Roberts, Nathan Vale, I think he's hilarious with, with what he's doing with BWA. He has a lot of rappers on there and original characters. And, you know, a lot of the humor lands, you know, it hits. And, you know, it's, it's a very fun show to watch. Watch BWA, watch GSF, watch CWS. Absolutely. So here's the three specific live questions. Let's get into it. So what is the shittiest apology you've ever received? Uh, okay, yeah. Um, I, I hate it when people say, um, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm like, I'm sorry I feel that way. <laughs> just, uh, just, don't, just, just tell me you screw off. That's not even an apology. Know? That's just like a, uh, uh, I'm going to say this last thing and then uh, go away. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's such, such, a low, such a low thing to say to someone, you know. It's, it means that you're disingenuous and this and the other and... Um, it, it, yeah, I hate when people say that. What does the body of the Pringles guy look like? Oh, I don't know. I've always seen like the the face of the Pringles guy. You know, I imagine you know he's he's probably like a stick figure or something. <laughs> and uh, last question: What is the most creative way to approach a grill? Most creative way to approach a grill. Um, well, using something that that can't be grilled for one, you know, I've seen people you I've seen people grill watermelon, you know, I'm like, who grills a watermelon, you know, that Ooh. you could, uh, that's definitely a creative way to use use a grill. Um, or, you know, if you're in a fight with someone and someone is trying to choke you out, you know, try to try to put their hand on there, they, they, for sure, they'll stop fighting you, you know, because grill, you know, that's, it'll definitely burn. By the way, are you in the bath right now? Yeah, I'm taking a nice hot You're in bath the goddamn right bath. Well, you're talking to me, aren't you? You son of a bitch. He's sitting. <laughs> this guy is in the bath yeah, while he's talking to me. I, I've, I've got, I've got all the, I've got very little carries in the road right now. I'm just enjoying myself. I'm having a nice hot bath and uh, putting myself over. <laughs> putting himself over while in the bath. I tell you, I've had a few people on this podcast who've been in the bath. And they've lied to me, and then afterwards, I've said, "Yeah, I was in the bath." One guy was taking a <laughs> one guy was taking a shit while he was talking to me. I thought, "Am I am I really that bad?" <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at you. You know, you know this is an unrelated story. Um, Jamari Mito, aka Christian Gary, he used to always cut promos in the bathroom, and, and he would always he would always wear the, this great shirt, and uh, it reminded me of 
of the character Joe Grizzly from Halloween. And one of his first characters in XWE was named Joe Grizzly. And that, that was a rib on him just because he did promos in the bathroom. Well, we're heading down the road now. This is the FWZ Talk uh, bath time edition with uh, the, the billionaire com. But uh, before we do head on down the road, could you uh, tell us where we can find you on social media? Oh, yeah. Uh, follow me at uh, Dex97 on uh, Twitter. And um, yeah, yeah, Agent Dex97 at Twitter. And uh, follow me at YouTube at XWE Official Channel. Um, uh, subscribe to CWS Forever um, and all of our affiliates. Subscribe to BWA, and um, that's that's pretty much where to find me. You can find me on Discord at XWE Owner, and and um, that's pretty much where to find me. That's right. By the way, you've got a you've got a nice little bath uh, bath scent. Got any candles in there? Got any bath bombs? <laughs> Maybe some. Uh... Uh, Everyone's got a price for the billion-dollar man. Look at this guy. Anyway, we're heading on down the road. That's it. It's goodbye from this man. It's goodbye from me. And goodbye from the bath time here on the FWZ uh, Talk Podcast. As they always say, stay safe and be good to another. The FWZ Talk Podcast is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Check out all things FWZ on the FWZ Collection channel. People think I don't like China. I love China. 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 Is the new China, by the way. China. 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 I deal with China. 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 Big league. China. So don't tell me about China. I know China.